Hi and welcome to the Professor Matt Hills podcast. And in this session we're going to talk about whether or not artificial intelligence can help creativity and entrepreneurship and specifically help to create value and help to create wealth. So if we think about what are entrepreneurship and innovation about, we can simplify this to a pretty large extent really. Entrepreneurship is about solving someone else's problem, but that has to do with the nature of opportunities and their exploitation. So in this sense, the entrepreneur is often lauded by society for the wealth that they create, the jobs that they create, and the changes and advancements that they can drive both in economic growth and in societal development. So part of this then includes creativity, and that means the creative solutions that can be developed towards problems also towards creative problem development itself in the sense of trying to develop products and services that individuals simply can't anticipate in advance. And that's where we can argue real innovation and real change comes from. So creativity is quintessentially human, we could argue. Or is it? So if we then take that forward to innovation, then innovation is really the commercialization of new inventions. But how new is new? What does it mean to be novel? So for instance, if we add some extra features or make some quality improvements or make some incremental gains, that is innovative. Equally, creating something completely different and completely new is also on the more radical scale of innovation and is also a form of newness but much greater than the first. So again that brings us to the question of well where does creativity sit on this and in terms of a scale how new is new and we have to go back one further step and remember that a lot of innovation fails and this fails typically during commercialization. So this brings me around to really my source of inspiration for this particular podcast because one of the things I've been dwelling on quite a lot is, okay, so if, if creativity is quintessentially human and we all have the capacity to be highly creative, then not all of us necessarily have an equal ability to capitalize on that creativity or even in moments in time to be as creative as even ourselves can be at different points in time. And my inspiration from this really came from a TEDx video that I saw a few years back, which um, was actually presented by Rodney Mullen, the godfather of street skating, street skateboarding, and the inventor of hundreds of tricks. He's known as skateboarding's Einstein incredibly humble person. I strongly, strongly recommend you to go to YouTube, type in Rodney Mullen, pop an ollie and innovate and just listen to what he has to say about being creative and the creative process. It is absolutely fascinating. So when I watched that video and I saw Rodney Mullen pull off incredible tricks, skateboarding tricks, and as a bit of context, um, a few years ago my son asked me for Christmas to say that he would really like a skateboard. And uh, so we got him a skateboard and I somehow got a skateboard as well. And you know, it's, it seems so easy to ride the skateboard and even just to do a simple trick as an ollie which is just a jump, but it's really not, and even just staying upright or something. But the sheer number of tricks, balances, different types of tricks that Rodney Mullen is able to come up with, 
And this is why he's known as the godfather of street skating, because he invented literally hundreds of tricks. And he's described as being having prolific ingenuity purely for passion's sake. But some of the things that I took out from Rodney Mullins' talk about creativity and skateboarding was how about context shapes content, the environment in which he was skating in and which he was you know, playing in and practicing in changes what you can do. So for instance, he went from a simple jump to then uh, sliding on a bar, which then led to him flipping the skateboard over and riding on the bar that way. So he described the creative process as learning from successes and failures by combining new ideas with the existing. So this is why you know, the, the title of the video is called Pop and Ollie and Innovate. Literally just do a jump and then see what happens, you know. So he also described it as, you know, outsiders seeking for belonging on their own terms and how being creative, particularly in skateboarding, was an expression of individuality when feeling like a reject. And this is, I think, something that, you know, creativity really speaks to, is that creates that sense of belonging, that expression of individuality, and also combining new uh, ideas with the existing, so connecting disparate bits of information and bringing them together in ways that many don't expect. So the lessons from, you know, Rodney Mull and what he was talking about in terms of how we innovated tricks for skateboarding, it's actually not that dissimilar to how we innovate products, services, processes in real life. Because it's about connecting disparate bits of information and bringing them together in ways that we don't expect. Now, this is the point I would say that this is where creativity comes in. It's their ability to take these different bits of information, these new ideas, combine them with the existing and think of new and exciting things. But again, while we can all be creative, the human being is also inherently tied to two key points. One is their human capital, their knowledge, their experience, their skills. And the other one is just their experience of uh, life and their circumstances at the time, whether or not you have the conditions around you to enable you to be creative or whether you're fixated with defending your present situation or for businesses, your present products and services, or historical ways of doing business. So let's apply this a little bit to entrepreneurship then. So entrepreneurial startups and firms are using AI technologies to develop lots of new products and services. So for example, Anadot uh, is an analytics company that uses AI. We have companies that are um, pioneering assisted decision-making and marketing efforts, such as Peak, frame.ai. There's advances in insurance, for example, Arturo. There's advances in coding, where a lot of coding can now be improved and enhanced and tested by AI. For example, comet.ml and metabob.com. There are advances in cybersecurity, for example, Mixmode and SoCure, and also autonomous vehicles by pony.ai, and even open banking. So these are just some examples, but my point is the prolific expansion of this technology is because the technology is enabling people to act on their creativity. Now, this is the point that I kind of want to get to, is that many of us are kind of clueless on how to capitalize on AI. And this is simply because we lack the requisite human capital. So the problem with creativity then is really execution. 
We can all be creative, we can all dream and visualize new things, but the question is how many of us can or even want to turn them into reality. And I would argue that it's at this juncture, at this point, where AI becomes really quite useful and also very, very powerful. So thinking about the world that we, that we live in, think about the pressures that it puts on entrepreneurs and the pressures that it puts on firms. I really, the, any business, an entrepreneurial startup, a high growth business, or even a, you know, a large established firm, is being buffeted by two primary pressures. On the one hand, you've got complex business environments that are generating conflicting goals and competing demands for businesses and managers. So what does this mean? Well, it means you have to gain a competitive advantage in a marketplace that's increasingly turbulent and competitive. So in this sense, because the rate of competition and change is so high, it can trap firms into a rat race of improving their existing products and services to keep trying to outstep the competition. Now, in that scenario, creativity is actually quite limited because you're simply trying to improve what you already do. It's again this idea of being, you know, in a kind of like a red ocean, so to speak, or caught in a rat race, or even a hamster running around in a wheel where they're constantly trying to run to stay ahead. The flip side to that, though, is where complexity is dynamic, so the long-term viability and success of businesses, particularly entrepreneurial ones, requires continuous adaptation to new technology and environmental change. So that means it's not enough to improve what we're already doing. We need to unlock that creativity that allows us to be destructive, that allows us to create really new innovations and products and services and different ways of doing things. All of this takes place against the dominance of historic capabilities, legacy investments in resources and products and services, and even a blinkered view of how business should be done and how markets work. In other words, when we are in business and when we're conducting business, and even if we have been historically entrepreneurial, our ways of doing things blinker us towards understanding how markets work. In other words, these conditions push conformity, not creativity. So again, while the human ability to be creative is there, it's not necessarily being unlocked and being channeled. Now, I would say this is where artificial intelligence unlocks the potential new world, but also has really come of age. As discussed in a previous uh, podcast, artificial intelligence is not new. So, for instance, think of autopilot in an aircraft, or think of chatbots. But really, what platforms such as ChatGPT has done is really changed the game. It has very quickly become a platform and not just a product service in, its, in, its, in of itself. It's allowing individuals to really engage with a mass natural language program, uh, processing system, which is also, you know, has access to considerable amounts of information to inform its own thoughts, developments and actions and information. So we are now in a situation where we're really far beyond natural language processing. The system no longer provides pre-scripted or pre-prepared responses in our own language based on cues in a question. It's now actively thinking, collating information, synthesizing or providing that to us. This brings us, for example, to uh, an example like Google, you know, is Google too big to fail, for instance? So 
historically in the past, if we were going onto the internet to search for something, then you would logically say, oh, I'm going to Google it. You're going to search it, but you, you Google, it wasn't just a noun, it was a verb in that sense. When um, ChatGPT launched and became so successful so quickly, Google's share price was 11% lower within the space of a month, losing roughly $140 billion in market value just in that time frame. And that's because there's a risk that people will no longer go to Google to conduct search, but instead will go to AI and just ask it the question, preventing them the need to go for search. So rapidly speeding up search behavior, also rapidly in enhancing the experience well, well I don't have to troll through multiple websites to get my answer AI can give the answer to me and with a little bit of fact checking I can still verify that faster and so you know this is unlocking a lot of opportunities for business so what are entrepreneurs doing then well first of all you can use AI to generate responses to administrative tasks or queries that saves perhaps a few hours per week per employee now, that doesn't sound very exciting, but when stretched across many employees and many weeks, the productivity gains are hugely significant. If one employee saves two to three hours per week in administration tasks or in responding to customers in ways that you know, could be done fairly generically or handled by AI, then those productivity gains, those hours gained, can be applied on value creation activities. And so the productivity difference in terms of the wealth and value created by a business expands dramatically. Also, it's about freshening marketing. So for instance, humans are creative, but we're also boundedly rational. We are conditioned by our knowledge, we're conditioned by our expertise, we're conditioned by our understanding of things. AI can help us generate marketing brands, marketing slogans, catchphrases, and even marketing content. So, if you want to expand beyond the realm of marketing, then you can apply that to things like information collection and learning, all things that can be done by the AI subject to a bit of human proof checking. Take it one step further, and AIs can help entrepreneurs with predictive modeling in terms of predicting where markets might go, where stocks might go, where companies might go. You can even ask the, the AI to think of itself in terms of a person or in terms of a business and consider how they may respond to a certain course of action. So if we think about competitive reactions to innovations, well, now we can use AI to help support and understand, well, how might some of my stakeholders react to certain courses of actions or innovations by a business or to help us anticipate the effects of wildcards or even crisis events for the business. If we build on this and look at some of the innovations around AI, they are literally taking place in so many different spheres and unlocking so many different opportunities that we can really uh, can apply human creativity in ways that we previously couldn't think of. So for instance, an AI-generated newsreader debuted in Kuwait in April, and the AI, looking literally like a human being, presented itself as Fader, the first presenter in Kuwait who works with artificial intelligence at Kuwait News and even asked in Arabic, what kind of news do you prefer? Now, even that question for me is both highly creative and also very interesting because what kind of news do people prefer?
Do they prefer good news or bad news? Do they prefer certain content over other content? Remember that AI will learn this. It's purely, in that sense, kind of rational. And then it will give the, the, you know, the consumer, the client, what it wants. Other examples, uh, complex maths of counterfactuals can help Spotify pick your next favorite song. You know, Spotify's entire business model is based on playlists and being able to present algorithmically the kind of music that you really want to listen to. So with AI supporting its understanding of how consumers listen to music and what kind of uh, linkages this can make, it draws people more and more into the Spotify ecosystem and draws them into being long to longer term customers. So again, AI can be used that way for more targeted um, song selection, but in this case, extend this, targeted advertising, for instance. So really, that also speaks to things like automated decision making because it's supporting those kind of actions. You know, humans don't need to be involved in that process because the AI can help simplify the customer experience. There's a lot of talk, for instance, of ChatGPT going to change education. In some circles, the argument is that it will destroy it because children, for instance, or students will be able to use AI to fast track their way through um, assignments and assessments and tasks. Really though, again, this is taking a threat-based perspective, a um, yeah, threat-based view of change. Instead, flip the coin on its head. What could be the advances of AI for education? For example, in terms of synthesizing um, notes, in terms of being able to digest and synthesize large volumes of text. What about people that have, for instance, disabilities who would find it difficult to, let's say, read a, a long book or read an academic paper, for instance, or even read news articles, where the AI can instead either read it out for them or summarize it for them and therefore capture the major messages from it. So again, you know, there's this human tendency to see change as a threat, but in reality, it can be used to supplement and speed up activities that unlock human creativity and human efforts to be spent on more value-creating activities. One instance, perhaps, of this being taken a step slightly too far is where AI generated a collaborative song between Drake and The Weeknd, which went viral. And while it sounded like Drake and the Weeknd, and while it was written in the style of Drake and the Weeknd, it was actually not them at all. It was simply an AI-generated song with AI-generated voices mimicking the real artists. So again, you can see here the sheer scale of, of potential, both you know good and bad to that extent. When you think about what celebrity endorsements mean in a world where the AI can mimic somebody's voice or actions or even you know perceptions of things which it can do now one of the reasons why i think ai is so powerful is because it really allows businesses and entrepreneurs to take advantage of big data now for me the fad around big data big data was never enough and I remember being at the 2017 special conference of the Strategic Man Management Society in Banff, Alberta, Canada, where the theme of the special conference was transforming entrepreneurial thinking into dynamic capabilities. And there was considerable interest in big data at the time and several audience members in the keynote plenary were pressing the idea that big data was a capability. 
most of the panel disagreed with this and really the argument was that at best big data is a resource but not one that is necessarily valuable, rare, inimitable or substitutable if we apply, for instance, the resource space to be with the firm. It's not knowledge either, it's just simply vast amounts of data, vast amounts of information. So it's not even advantageous from the perspective of the business as knowledge repositories, because there is one thing about holding all of that big data. There's a fundamentally different thing from creating value from it. So what was always missing with big data was their ability to transform big data into outputs, the strategic application of what might be considered a strategic resource. What we needed were ways to channel that data. And with AI, that's exactly what we've got. We've now got the means to not just channel big data, but really to capitalize it in ways that humans couldn't. Humans, despite having immense intelligence and, and brain processing power cannot handle an infinite amount of information. At, there will come a point, thanks to bounded rationality, where the human being will arrive at a satisfactory answer and will move on. So it, the human was never able to necessarily capitalize on big data, but artificial intelligence really helps support that activity. And notice my choice of words. I never said replace the human, I said support the human. And I think that's a key element here. So if we think about opportunities and risks and the implications of um, artificial intelligence and sophisticated digitalization, I want to turn to a short article by my good friend and colleague, uh, David Townsend. And David published this article at Entrepreneur and Innovation Exchange or eiexchange.com and he uh, presented an article called Leveraging Generative AI Tools Like ChatGBT for Startups and Small Business Growth. And it's really fascinating and engaging article and in that article he puts forward uh, roughly five opportunities and five related risks um, about the implications of AI. So for instance, an opportunity is content generation and marketing, but the associated risk of that is ethical concerns. Another opportunity is customer support. AI can provide direct customer support 24 hours a day, but this leads to data privacy and security risks. Process automation can also be done by AI, but this also creates the possibility of an over-reliance on artificial intelligence. Product development can also be supported by artificial intelligence, but could this come at a cost to technical expertise, in-house technical expertise in the business? What about follow-ons to product development and product delivery? There are also potential contributions to customer discovery, to helping you identify new customers, new markets, discover new markets in that sense, and new customers. But equally further risks down the line include things like legal implications of how the AI operates as part of the business. Now, the kicker, so to speak, with this article by David Townsend is that the entire article was written completely by an artificial intelligence. So in other words, he actually went to ChatGPT and to the AI and asked it to evaluate itself for opportunities and risks of implementing sophisticated AI in the business and particularly for startups. So it was very interesting to see you know, how this was done and how this was able to present 
quite compelling and interesting points actually. So I really encourage you to go read that article over at Entrepreneur and Innovation Exchange. Now what I want to end my um, podcast here with is just some small talk about the idea of AI versus humans. It is quite clear that AI presents you know, a societal risk. Even those within those pioneering artificial intelligence are fully appreciative of the fact that it does create concerns. And equally, we've seen this discussed both at the US Congress, we've seen this discussed in the UK in terms of governments, we've seen it discussed at the EU. So this is a big issue. So for instance, AI can and will return false information. Why does it do that? Well, on the one hand, it has access to a considerable amount of information that's already on the internet. Some of that is human created, some of that is purposefully false, and some of it is AI generated and also false. And of course, it does not necessarily know the difference between what is correct and what is wrong, what is real and what is fake. So it can perpetuate that problem. AI also presents regulatory challenges, let alone ethical and moral dilemmas. How exactly do we regulate the growth of AI? How do we regulate the application of AI? Who does AI answer to? Can we set um, international borders in the way that we can for human beings? The other issue is that human beings have a moral compass and AI doesn't. So therefore there are ethical copyright and intellectual property concerns. How can we teach an AI to have that moral compass? Human, humans are also governed by institutions, social norms, rules of, rule of law, and also expectations. Again, the AI isn't. We can create some kind of rules for its operating and algorithms, but that doesn't mean it won't necessarily learn its way around those rules or apply it in, in rational or unexpected ways that we may not anticipate. The other thing I think we can raise here is that, you know, how does AI compare to the average person versus the exceptional? Does it mimic the average human being or does it mimic those with more exceptional skills and talents? And, or does it allow more, let's say, the average person to be more exceptional? And this is why, you know, I prefaced a lot of what I've discussed around creativity because we can all be absolutely creative, very creative in fact but not necessarily in context, in the moment in time, or be willing or want to act on it. And that's again where I feel AI can come in. Just to highlight some points about some of the ethical concerns of AI. Uh, recently, ChatGPT was banned in Italy pending data protection uh, investigations. In other instances, ChatGPT hired and manipulated human beings into passing capture tests to allow it to gain access to more information. So we put a capture test um, in place to protect things and the ChatGPT basically hired and manipulated the human being to pass the test on its behalf. In fact, if I remember correctly from this article, the AI was successfully able to manipulate a human to bypass the capture test by convincing it that they were blind and visually impaired and therefore could not do the test. So again, there are lots of interesting um, challenges there. So I think that overall in concluding this podcast then, I wanted to give you some insight into how genuinely I believe artificial intelligence can help really capture and elevate and run with human 
creativity. It can unlock productivity gains and move us to, in ways from idle aspects of our job to creating value and wealth in ways that we couldn't do before and be much more productive. But there are risks, regulatory, ethically and morally, and th that's where the human element in steering the AI is going to be critical. So thank you very much for listening to this podcast. I hope you found it interesting and useful, and I will catch you in the next one. Thank you.